Welcome to Let's Get Practical. This is Monica, your host. And today, um, in light of Productivity Day, I'm going to publish this episode on Global Productivity Day. Uh, I have a special guest with me, Matthias, who is dialing in from Germany, I believe. Um, and we're going to learn all about what he is working on. Uh, he's my go-to person for automation, notion, newsletters. Uh, so just really glad to be with Matthias today. And uh, I know a lot of people may not know you, Matthias. Could you please introduce yourself and let us know about you? Yes. Uh, hey, Monica. I'm super, super excited uh, to be here today. Um, I'm yeah, based in Berlin. And right now I would introduce myself probably as a content creator, Notion ambassador, and Notion consultant, although that still feels very, very weird to say. My my instinct is still, if people ask me uh, what I do is the law, I study law, and now I do something on the internet, but I'll try to get better and actually put a put a label on it. So yeah, uh, content creator and Notion consultant, that's what I would call myself today. Uh, great. I think one of the first things that I, I wanted to start with today is... Um, out of the blue, Matthias, you were announcing on our like Notion Ambassador Slack. You know, I have, I have this new web app that you can check out. Um, and you were asking for like you know beta testers and users. Uh, I think it's called Ask Memo AI. Is that right? Yeah, it's askmemo.xyz. Uh, but yeah, it it is an AI tool. Um, yeah, I was looking at your the the handle on on Twitter, but. Can you tell us like how, let's, I think it's a good place to start. I know you said, uh, I'm a consultant creator, but there's this big chunk. Now I think you are a founder and you're, you're, <laughs> I don't know, programmer, like, you know, you're, um, yeah. Tell us like, how did that project start? And, um, yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, it, it started like most of my projects start nowadays. Uh, just had like uh, some ideas and I got like very deep into into the whole AI bubble also a few months before uh, ChatGPT was all the craze. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, there's just this one idea that keeps nagging on you and you just like have to, to, to do it, right? It, it takes up an outsized amount of space uh, in your brain. And even though there's not really a reason for you to squeeze it into your day, you just like feel like you have to. So that's how it started. I was just uh, playing around. Like I was taking a few like web development courses just to like grasp the concept because I felt like uh, web development or like coding in general, it's like such an eye opener if you've, if you've never done anything of that. And even if you just learn a few basics, uh, it puts you already in a, in a position where you can like use all these tools so much better. So I was doing that anyway. And then I thought, well, um, just reading about it or just consuming courses, that that's nice, but I actually need a practice program. So uh, Notion is great and AI is all the rave. So why not like try to to build something uh, where you can put like Notion and AI together? So that's how the idea for Ask Memo started. In the beginning, it was just thought, okay, let's build a, a chatbot that can answer any of your Notion-related questions, right? Because ChatGPT, the basic training data, is not very specialized, so you can't really ask any Notion questions. So let's see whether we can teach ChatGPT Notion and that's how the project started. And it's been just like a lot of fun trying to build. I wouldn't call myself a founder yet. I don't think it has any business model uh, yet. Let's see. A notion here and I are building it together, actually. Uh, and yeah, so far, it's just a hobby of the two of us. And we'll see whether we ever find like anything close to a product market fit or if it's just a great learning opportunity. But it's a lot of fun for sure. Uh, and going along with that, yeah, just uh, I think a lot of projects I was talking to another at the founder of Audio Pen, it's just like playing around with a lot of different things until one 
just gets a lot of attention. People tell you like, oh, this is so useful. Um, how, like, if you're looking at Ask Memo, like the idea that you originally had and where it is at today, any difference that you notice? Like we started with this idea of, again, it sounds like a, I don't know, like a body of knowledge where you ask questions and then it gives you an answer. But now you can create a database. You can, I think you can do a lot more. So if you can tell us like, where it started and then where it is at today. And if you can remind us, when did this start? Because I think it's very recent. Oh, yeah. I think it's probably like a month old, maybe six weeks. Now, the last two weeks, I barely had the time to to work on it. I was on vacations and that's so like uh, the timeline feels a bit squished. But I think, yeah, like something like uh, six six to eight weeks ago, uh, I had the idea. And then Anoshini and I, we like fairly quickly put together a, a prototype and then uh, it really was a, a sprint to uh, because we just like kept thinking, okay, like this would be cool if we could do this. And then if you play around with it and you know you realize, okay, I can do that. Now I can just take this and also do this. So you just like uh, it's just this domino effect where you realize, ooh, now with the skills that I that I learned trying to solve the first problem, I can do much cooler things. So yeah, in the beginning it was just like asking asking questions and getting answers based on the Notion help docs. And the initial idea was. Uh, to maybe even collect like uh, content from a lot more Notion creators and build sort of uh, like a, a chatbot for Notion based on this communal knowledge. And then in case it would ever uh, go somewhere, we, we were, I was even thinking already, oh, you could do something like in YouTube where like, you know, whenever like someone's content gets used to produce the answer, you can like then uh, pay them some money out of the, the subscriptions or so. But again, like I think that's very far off right now. Right now it only has uh, the Notion things. And we then went on more to see whether we can have more practical use cases immediately, right? Uh, instead of uh, just asking questions. So you can write Notion formulas now with it. It's 80% accurate. It gets them uh, right a lot of times, but we still need to fine-tune it. And then the other thing, yeah, is we realized we, with the Notion API, we can just create whole systems, right? Because uh, a database in Notion with the API, that's just structured data. So when if you can explain to uh, the AI model how the structured data looks, then you can ask it to create it for you. So right now we are like nearly ready to uh, launch something where you can just say, hey, I need like a system for like marketing and we have three people and we need to organize X, Y, Z and it should be able to give you a complete database design with connected databases and all that good stuff. Not like the complete dashboards because you can't create that with a Notion API, but fairly close. Wow, that's so impressive, uh, Matthias. And you said like, oh, you know, I was just taking some web development courses and... Um, so you, this is all like new learned skills that you are applying right away. And then you actually have uh, a real product. Can you like walk yeah. us through, like, I mean, what, like there's so many, if you go to, I don't know, code Academy, like there's so many courses, but, uh, was there a particular course that was like, this was like so useful and, yes. uh, that you would recommend somebody like me, I, I've been like. I've been like sort of in the periphery, like I want to, I'm interested, but like, oh my God, the, like, I don't want to cross this door. It looks too scary. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I, it's been like, I've been playing with the thought of learning how to code for a long time. Um, and I think one of the big, big obstacles and confusions is also like, there's so many, like, uh, like saying you want to learn how to code is like, sort of like, I don't know, you say you want to learn, uh, you know. A language there are like so many decisions after like what language like you know or like what right, you take right. top. there's so much below that so i think the what really helps if like if you're learning to code is to first get clarity around like what you'd like to do with it right like is it do you just want to understand how things work then think brilliant uh that was my first touch point they have like a 
they have two or three great just abstract computer science classes uh, on there. They're very short, right? They, they, they will take you like two, three days, uh, with like five minutes each or so to go through there. Very, very basic. But they teach you like a lot of fundamental concepts. So if you just want to, you know, like have an idea of what, you know, how does an, what is an algorithm, something like that, or what are data types, that's already quite helpful. Um, and I think then the other two big decisions, uh, if you want to go beyond that, um, is do you look to more um, do things on your machine and basically build automations and workflows more for yourself? Then I think you want to look at like a Python course because that will allow you to do all sorts of things. Basically, if you want to like build a bot that plays a video game for you or, you know, like moves folders around on your laptop, that's all Python usually. Uh, so that's that. And then the one that I did was like web development. So there you then look at... Um, both uh, the front end, right? Like how is a website built? Like uh, the HTML, the CSS, like how do you actually make a pretty website without having to use a website builder? And then how, how do you make the thing do stuff with JavaScript? So it's like these three languages that are very like closely intertwined. And if you want to go that route, right? So basically build like web apps. Um, then uh, on Udemy, there's a course by Cold Steel, the web developer course. And that's like Canson, like that's the best resource. It's so amazing. He's such a good teacher. Uh, he will go through everything. You'd have, don't need any uh, knowledge in the beginning he will walk you through all the things great teacher great resource that will get you up to speed and there's a lot of exercises in there right like uh, at the end of the course you basically build yelp yourself a uh, simplified version so it's 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 amazing definitely recommend that so the 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 courses that you're mentioning to build you know ask memo one of the primary like the the, the main sort of core you built like off of this udemy course is that right yes yes, yes. wow 100%. that's all all that Oh my God. This is like, it's, it's both like unbelievable. Like it's like too good to be true. Um, and you know, like why aren't people, I mean, this is not a secret. Like why aren't people you think not doing more of this or do you see more people maybe around mm -hmm. you now doing it? I think it, it depends. I mean, the, I think this is like a, like a weird intersection, um, between like, coders and non-coders like for people who know how to code or to program like something like this like it's, it's very obvious and there's like uh i think the reason why they probably don't do it is because it's a ton of work to actually build the thing right like ask with it's a very rudimentary product it has like like it basically has like a box where you can like or you can log in you can uh, type in a question and we'll send that to a different server process it and send you back an answer right? that's all it does like it has next to no functionality and once you start uh, coding yourself you realize that like the small feature request that you have for the developer of your favorite app could just could you just add a button there or could you just you know that takes all of these things take so much time and effort to build so if you actually want to build like a, a complete application i think you need to be very very specific if you want to do it on your own right like very very specific about what's the use cases like the smaller the better so you can actually build it on your own or you then you know are part of a bigger team so uh, i think the reason um why uh yeah it's like just like really really hard like the the indie hacker scene i have so much respect for them like the, that build these products on their own it does but that must be so so tough i know the i have so many like ideas of oh you know i wish there was an app that did x and uh i wonder if there's a way of i you know just like i, I would ask chat gpt or something like okay i want to create an app that does xyz and then it will tell you, okay, this will take about like hundred hours of your time. <laughs> and then, you know, like you can predict whether you want to like commit to this project or not. But um, definitely I've, I've been like, kind of like looking into bubble or like no code tools. 
And um, I thought almost, okay, I'm sure this is like, it looks maybe like a no code type of, you know, like backend, but it sounds like you programmed everything from, for this product. Yes. Yes. Uh, although like with the help of ChatGPT, right? Like that makes it so much faster. Um, I will say if you don't know anything about how to code, like ChatGPT probably won't be able to do, do much because it gets things wrong. And you definitely notice that once you start understanding like how things work and you can at least explain it to the machine, then right. it's, it's a lot easier to get the correct code. But if you just type in, you know, I want something that does X, Y, Z, it will give you a code and sometimes it works, but most of the time it won't in particular if it's more complex. So, um, I think it's very similar in that sense to to Bubble. I would also say now that I've learned like very basic fundamental um, programming, I can use no code tools a lot better, right? So for example, Bubble, I bet you, uh, if you understand basics in HTML, CSS uh, and JavaScript, uh, this will make you so much better at using these tools because all of a sudden you understand the limitations, right? Uh, I don't know how often I got frustrated with a page builder like Elementor or so like horrible product. Uh, but if you know the underlying uh, structure, then you at least understand where the limitation is coming from and why this isn't working. Because otherwise, like, you know, why can't I just drag this here and it does exactly what I want? So Right. So like if you know what it cannot do, you will you will stop asking it to do that thing that you know it cannot do, right? And get less frustrated. Um super interesting. And I thought it was also pretty cool that I mean you're based in, in Germany and you're working with a notioner. Like I think he is based in London, right? Yes, maybe I'm, yes, I'm wrong. Okay. So, yeah. um, I wanted to like, just, just hear your story. Like, how did you two, um, get to like, talk about this, like work together as a team? Uh, how is that going? Because like, it's almost like a remote collaboration. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, just wanted to hear how it is working in a team with somebody that, you know, like you probably just got to know through a community. Yeah, it's super fun. It's the, the magic of Twitter, I would say. Uh, I mean, he does so many cool things in the in the Notion scene. And I, I knew that he was someone who worked a lot with APIs and more like the, the, the backend stuff. So uh, not just like the, the, the pretty templates, but also like the nitty gritty of how things work on, on the backend. So when I had that idea, I thought like, uh, okay, um, that sounds super fun, but I've never coded anything. So it would probably be very helpful to have someone uh, uh, with me who, who knows a, a bit more things about that. So I just sent him a DM and I was also excited about the idea. And then we, we, we just took it from there, right? Like the beginning, he had a bit less time. So I worked a bit more on the initial prototype, but then like the database feature, right? That's basically all him. And now like while I was on vacation, he worked on a ton of stuff. So um, it's... Right now, it's a very loose, easygoing uh, collaboration. We, we we just figured out like how to use GitHub to somewhat sync our our work. Uh, but yeah, we we don't even have a roadmap, right? We just like send DMs on Twitter, like, "Hey, this would be cool to work on. Are you doing that? Am I doing this?" So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's one of these uh, very minimum viable collaboration settings uh, because again, like the the product isn't at a point where you need a lot of coordination, but it's a lot of fun. So you you had not you had not worked with it before. It was just like seeing their work, and it's it's another sort of like just just you know continue to build, and then people like you will you will be noticed just through the things that you build, right? Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think the the I was just very curious about Ask Memo and how you got to knowing your background, and this seems like. It's taking a big chunk of your of your time, but it's also a side project, like a hobby. Um, yes. So I wanted to just move along to what is not a hobby? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, 
in terms of like actual work that, you know, like you talked about consulting, um, you're creating stuff. I, I see you're doing YouTube videos. What are some things that you're doing more? I don't know, like, not, I don't want to say serious work. I think Askman was just as serious, but uh, yeah. What is like work work these days for you? Yeah, I think the problem is that most of the things that I do right now are not not that us with a series, but but all the other things are also more playful. So very few things are, are streamlined right now. My very roughly my my days or my my time gets divided in like three big buckets. The first one and the biggest one is that I work for Kihi from Red Reads and. Uh, I help him with a with a bunch of stuff that like it, it's always different every week, right? Like uh, really depends on on what we are working right now. Right now we are launching this week uh, a new podcast, uh, so Rat Friends. That I think the first episode will drop on Thursday. Uh, so that is an exciting new project. But before that, we had did like, I think, 300 days of consecutive shorts on TikTok, Instagram, uh, and these sort of things. Like we had a SEO project. So like, yeah, always uh, a, a new challenge, but basically helping another creator um, run his business. That's the, the biggest bucket of my time. And then the other two things are, A, this like very vague building a personal brand. So that's where, where I count in like writing a newsletter, writing my blog uh, and doing YouTube. And probably also ask me more on all these one of experiments. And then the, the third bucket is, yes, uh, Notion workflow and automation consulting. So wherever I can, like that's actually like a big child to squeeze uh, the clients in into the rest of the day. So uh, I usually have like two or three clients max per, per month because I just don't have time for more. But yeah, that's the, the third bucket. And probably um, together with the first one, the most most serious work. Uh, actually earning money with it types of right yeah activities. maybe serious is not the right word i think like profit profitable things that you're doing um i uh, i wanted to hear like you know we you and i met through the rat reads you know like course and supercharger productivity uh i'm a big fan of kehi and i love the work that he's doing when you say you know i help him run his business or i you know just i i'm part of his team um, and I see the output, right. That he's putting out like all the shorts. Um, I was talking to him actually just even yesterday about podcasts. Uh, what do you like how, specifically speaking? Uh, what do you do in that process? That's a good question. Uh, are you like, I don't know. Are you reaching out to the guests? Are you writing the show notes? <laughs> uh, are you yeah. editing? So uh, right now, like at Red Reads, we, we are a team of three people, right? We have uh, Kay, we have Marion, and then we have me. And I would say in like the, in, in general, the, for, in terms of the roles, like, I mean, Kay is of course, like the CEO, like the creator, uh, like the, the creative person that uh, has the ideas and what, what should happen. Um, Marion is like the most organized person that I ever met. So I think like if any person should be on your podcast on productivity day, it would probably be Marion because, uh, She's like, yeah, I don't, I've never met anyone who is so organized and so good at executing things uh, as, as she is. Um, so she's, uh, like, does a lot of the operational stuff, right? So she coordinates sponsorships and, uh, yeah, like so many, uh, things like just to keep the, the, the ship running. And then, um, I basically do a bunch of random things to, uh, like, Usually, I'd say like maybe like build uh, zero to eighty percent of the process, that the barrier takes it to make sure that it actually run runs smoothly. So, for example, with the with the shorts right in the beginning, um, I was mainly um, doing the uh, like the coordination with the editor. We had the editor there, and then like the, the uploading part. 
um, and like the the structure of like which which ones do we do when and uh, working on repurposing content right so k was doing your new scripts and i was like making sure that okay like some of our older stuff right like uh, that we get that into into the mix now for the podcast i set up the back like i registered the podcast i set up the accounts i do a lot of design work nowadays so i created the the, the image for for that i created like the i'm not sure whether you've seen but we have now a lot of lead magnets for like specific topics on there with like uh like always like the, the mock-ups and covers so for like we have like one on um, on money, like a money mindset or like your relationship with time, these sort of things. Um, so like you're, a... you are creating the, the lead magnets, uh, <clears throat> you know, like the notions sort of like screenshots and like explain, you know, like guides and like a lot of it. Yeah. Like Marion was actually putting together the, the lead magnet. Now I was, uh, doing the, the, the front end marketing. So making sure that we have like, uh, like a, a website for it, like with an email form that we have like the mockups, like the design, right? Uh, the, the cover for the eBooks and like the, that they look like books, these sort of things. And then like the backend automation so that if you sign up to it, you actually get an email, uh, with the lead magnet, you get tagged correctly and then you get dropped in the correct sequence. So like this backend newsletter things that make sure that everything happens in the right place. And yeah, these, these sort of things. Wow. Uh, and it's kind of like the things that I do, right? Like that, that I'm doing myself, like, uh, that's exactly what I'm doing in terms of, okay, if I'm doing a podcast episode, you know, I'll record this and then I'm going to talk to my editor to, uh, and then tell him like, okay, do this. And then like, you know, I like this part, maybe like, um, and then I will do a lot of the creative thinking, but sometimes the doing, I'm trying to delegate to people that, you know, yes. are much faster. And so I can like free up more of my brain space. So it seems like that is falling, you know, on you to like, Kay has, Kay has ideas and then, you know, like trickles down and then you guys are making it happen. Yes, that's the that's the current thing. Like before that, right? Like last year, we were like a lot more busy with running actually like the course and the course. The course. Um, but this year, uh, we do a lot less of that and focus a lot more on like, uh, yeah, creating the room for K to actually be a bit more creative again. So you, you see it, right? Like he's very active on Twitter now. I mean, he had like just 300 days of consecutive shorts. Now the podcast are so a lot more like of these creative uh, expression uh, projects. Like the, the essays are getting longer for the Saturday uh, newsletter, these sort of things. So yeah, just... Um, Right now, less creator business and more um, creator uh, artist face uh, over at Rackley. Artist face. It's very exciting. Um, how is that? Like, how does, you know, the the creative sort of momentum that he's having, how is that changing the business, you feel? Like, you know, as, as you are being part of the team, like, is it, um, I don't know, exciting to work on these things? Like, what would you... Uh, want to see more of or do more of? Uh, I think it's like a very, very exciting case because uh, like by the, the things that I, that I prefer doing is get, starting things and getting up to like 80% and abandoning them or like having someone else make, make sure that it runs smoothly. But uh, I think what I, what I hate most is doing the same thing all over again every day. Like I'm, I'm horrible at executing. If you, if you need someone to, you know, like really execute things in your business, well, I'm definitely the wrong person to hire. Uh, I like, like like building things, uh, you know, introducing them and then handing them off for someone else to to handle. Same, so, same. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, that's why it's a very exciting thing, right? Because we have like we basically started working in sprints, right? So instead of uh, having this thing where okay, every three months we have a course launch and we have our checklist and we know exactly what we need to do for this, and we we do more things, but we also do the, the same things every time. Um, it's now okay. Uh, 
three months of working just on the blog and writing SEO posts. Now two months uh, just focusing on short form video. Now I don't know how many months uh, doing podcasting, but like every month is very different, has a very different focus. And uh, yeah, I really like this environment where you um, very dynamically adapt to um, like the, the thing for the month. Try to do that as good as possible. Uh, get to learn a lot of new things and then move on to to the next thing. Yeah, that's uh, I, I I can I can so relate to that, uh, Matthias. Like I I'm such a builder. Like I things I, I think like the the good thing about being in the creative space, you learn about all these different things, you give it a try, and then you I think you you quickly learn what you're not good at and what you're good at. Like I'm <laughs> I'm also very good. I'm even not very good at like the zero to 10%. I think I sometimes like have, I need somebody to start and then I'll jump in. I'll, I'll push it to 80, 90%. And then I need somebody to like finish. Right. Um, the other thing that I feel like I'm not very good at is community. Like I love Mm -hmm. being part of a community and I'll be the, I'll be the person who like talks, shares and like engages but oh my god, like I don't think I could run a community. I would go nuts. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's like it's just like building and like being part of a community. I'm part of so many communities and I love them all. But I thought about oh, you know, for English coaching or for like even Notion in Spanish. Like oh, people are asking for more. <laughs> like how can I do that a community? But I'm like you know, I know I'm not gonna like this. Um, for rat reads, like I. I love the community of the people who were in the course. Um, how is that going these days? Like the community aspect of, you know, Rad Reads. Uh, yeah, that is, we still have the, the 10K accelerator going on. So like the, the, the community is, uh, we still have it there. But because we have like less, uh, or we had like le- a lot less courses this year so far, um, there's less opportunity for the people to come together, right? You, you, you know it firsthand. Right. Uh, for the returning alumni of SRP, it always feels a bit like summer camp, right? So like every few months you, you get together and you see right. all the new faces, and the, all the old faces and a few new faces. So unfortunately, we didn't have that uh, that much this year, but I think we might do a cohort uh, later this year. So I'm excited uh, for that and like to see all the faces again and get the, the band back together, so to say. Oh, yeah, that um, that would be awesome, actually. Uh, I, you know, just if I, if I get lost and if I forget, or if I don't see it, please, you know, like send me something information about it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you but a reminder. That's, um, that sounds like a great idea. I I've seen a lot of people move away from cohort based courses, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, Tiago, Tiago, or like Ali Abdal, they're all going to the self-paced, you know, course route, but, mm-hmm. um, but still, I think some courses, you know, could, could shine. So, um, the the other thing that I was very interested in, like, I remember like even like last year you were getting into automations and you were, uh, and it was almost because you said like, you know, I cannot type my, my hands hurt. Mm. Um, so I wanted to hear more about like this interest in automation, um, out of it really like a necessity that you had, um, how is that going now? Like, so you started a long time ago. How much has that developed? Uh, can you like just, yeah, automations? Yes. Oh, this is like, I think one of my favorite topics. And I would say right now in my, my Notion work, like I, I do also not my Notion workspaces, but like the things that I enjoy the most are like building actually automations for clients. And because it, it uh, 
the leverage that you can introduce with that is just so crazy and notion can be so 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 much better if you just like connect it to a few other tools uh, but yeah like at the very beginning i mean i always hated unnecessary work i again like a, a similar line to like the like executing the same things over and over again uh if i feel like you know that, like if there's a tool that it makes me click thrice where i think i should only have to click once i hate it i i can't be bothered with it it's it, it already, already was bad before i had like the, the pain in my hands but now that I, uh, like during like university too many video games and too much exemplaration i developed like rsi in both hands so uh now it's also a thing of okay i just can't click that much uh, and both these things then came together uh when i found uh out about like this amazing world of automations and like just telling the computer to do things for you and it's how, how did you find how did you find this world of automations um i think it was just like the general bubble that i was on on, on youtube youtube is amazing at finding your interests and like suggesting you read of rabbit holes to go out so yeah it was just like a, a, a phase where i was like looking at a lot of different tools all the time and it just kept trickling right like a little bit of sapia here a little bit of uh integroma there and uh then um just like I always knew like I, I don't want to have to do manual things if I can do differently. And then just like seeing like a few use cases and then uh, just, you know, out of curiosity exploring, okay, I can duct tape these two things together and then I don't have to copy paste information anymore. It happens automatically. That's sort of uh, the start. And yeah, then like with most things, right, just playing around with it. So a lot of times people ask me like, how how, how do I, can, how can I start learning about automations? Like what would, would you recommend? And so far my, my thing is uh, still like, well, just, follow your curiosity if you, if you like it you know like look up some things like there's like some basic tutorials right that you can to like get a general understanding but other than that just use it right like uh, try to think of something that you that you can automate and, and build it because that's the best way to learn and also to just develop this perspective of looking at things and realizing well i don't have to do this by hand i can automate this and that only comes if you actually start working with them I, um, yeah, I'm one of those people who like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to, but then I don't do. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, if it's really easy, like so easy, you know, like I will, but I'm sure it's a lot of work to, to learn, to set things up. At least there is a little bit of an initial equity capital that goes in. Um, I, I, I was interested in, uh, so like I, I know about Zapier and I have used it mm-hmm. a couple times all I hear is, oh, it's so expensive. It gets really expensive. What are some tools that, that you are using in terms of, I don't know, like value, like easy to use that you recommend for beginners and why? Yeah, so um, I think Zapier is okay if you just, you know, try it for the first few times or so because they, they have like a ton of good tutorials. They they do amazing content marketing. If you're a marketer, they do like content marketing. I think Zapier to do is they are like the companies to go to their so good uh, at it um, and the tool is okay-ish to start they have a lot of templates but yeah as you say it's fairly expensive my favorite tool by far for no code automations that i would recommend to most people is uh, make formerly in tecromat uh, don't know why they picked a new name it's very bad to google for like say it was very difficult if like your your name is a verb in pretty much every sentence but um they are great because they are a lot cheaper they have a visual interface right so you have like a, a workflow diagram and not just like text above each other like in, in zapier like one of my biggest pet peeves is that you just have like these text boxes and like a flow chart and there's like in particular if you do then path logic right like if this then that it's just like gets super complicated whereas there you have like these nice bubbles and they're on your screen and it feels a lot nicer although the initial learning curve is a bit higher because you can also just do more with it but still i would say 
definitely worth it. But the uh, lowest level, if you just want to try some things out, like Bardeen is actually a great tool. They are like uh, a browser extension. And um, they're a bit in, uh, they're still much earlier than the other two. So some things are a bit limited with them. But uh, it's a really, really cool tool. And uh, the other thing is that it runs mostly in your browser. So uh, they, I think they just introduced a paid plan. So I, I'm not exactly sure what they, they gated behind it. But until very recently, you could do a lot of very powerful things completely for free. And they are also like fairly easy to build. And they have an AI builder now where you can just like type what you want to do, right? Like scrape LinkedIn data from XYZ and put it into Google Sheets and we'll build you uh, the wow. automation for it. So that's pretty cool. I, um, I sometimes like I realize with, with any tool, like my experience is that, so with like even Notion, two times I started using Notion and I give up. Like I, I closed them, like I cannot use this. And it wasn't like, I saw Marie Poulin show her workspace and that's when like, click, 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 like everything, like the puzzles, you know, like come together. So like seeing use cases for me is huge. Like, oh, mm. that's what you can do. And sometimes I lack imagination, but um, as somebody who creates, you know, like, just like, just like you, like you said, you know, I create, I have a kind of like personal brand that I'm building. I have a newsletter. Um, so you probably have lead magnets. You probably are pre providing like free content in exchange of engagement. What are some like concrete examples of automations that anybody could do and benefit from? Yes. So actually, I just like last week, I decided I will finally uh, build like a, a course for automations that is like will be very much centered on like the, the applications because like, uh, yeah, use cases first, all these these things that you that you need to do to, to help people like get like an idea for, okay, what is possible. In terms of a creator, I would say, I mean, the, the biggest, which is even uh, most of the time, people might not even think of it as automations, but it is it's like the, the automations in your email newsletter provider, right? Um, my, I send like uh, out a newsletter twice a week, but between these newsletters that I actively send, my, at last I checked by my email newsletter just sends out like, I think nearly 10,000 emails uh, per month, fully automated uh, with the workflows that I built, right? So it starts with something as simple. If anyone, you know, signs up, through the lead magnet, sending them the correct uh, actual like thing that they signed up for, right? That's a, it's a very simple thing, but that's an automation. You don't send manually whenever someone signs up, right? And says like, I would like to use this template. You don't go in and send them the template. That would be really, really annoying. So that's like an, an automation. Or um, if anyone signs up for my list um, and confirms the email, I have a double opt-in because I'm based in Europe, so GDPR. But um, if anyone clicks on that, they get sent to a tally form. Uh, and on that tally form, there are like two, three questions, like what is your notion skill level? What do you do? No, two questions. Yeah, these two questions. And if you fill it out, um, the automation automatically identifies, okay, who filled it out? Right? I don't ask people to put in their email there again. The automation just knows, okay, it was that person. And then uh, in, um, in Notion, just like uh, Anonymize tells me, okay, like, you know, so many people I have on my list have this Notion level or like so many people on my list are students which is really useful for like advertisers or just for me to know like, okay, who is my audience? And it also gets tagged in, in um, the email provider. So if I ever would need to, I could like send a segmented email based on whether you are an entrepreneur or whether you are a student, right? So these are like very simple workflows in there. And then like the, the onboarding sequence, right? Like the, someone sends up to an email user, it's like the four emails in a row. That's another one. Um, or if someone goes into uh, like, gets one of my templates from Gumroad. I, I don't really sell a lot of templates, but occasionally someone someone buys one from Gumroad. Um, that's a different entry point, right? So uh, in, if so, so someone, a customer on Gumroad, the automation takes their email and puts it onto um, in the email provider and like make sure that they get the correct onboarding sequence 
or just today. Wow. Um, trying to lean a bit more into the repurposing content thing. And uh, GPT, uh, OpenAI, they just uh, expanded, expanded their context window. So now you can have a lot more context, which means it's a lot easier now for me to repurpose my blog posts. So I just started building today an automation that will take all my blog posts and then write uh, LinkedIn posts for now for them. So that whenever I write a blog post, I don't have to bother with like announcing it on LinkedIn. It will automatically write a LinkedIn post and probably in the beginning give it for me to review, but I don't just need to you know review it quickly take a checkbox and I will automatically post it to LinkedIn, something like that. Wow. I'm like blown away. So you're saying that like you, as soon as you publish something on your website, this system, this automation will take that content from the published. So you, you just have to write and publish once. And then the mm-hmm. system will take that, create a summary for like LinkedIn and then maybe like prompt you to check once. And then like after you click, okay, that will publish it on LinkedIn. That's like yes, insane. Something like that. You could also do, I don't, wouldn't like, I mean, I still need to write like the blog post because I have a lot of screenshots in it. But in theory, uh, because right now my content is like YouTube first, I could just take the, the YouTube transcript, right? And tell it to write a blog post and then do the LinkedIn post. Now do a Twitter thing, right? Like all these things uh, it could do automatically. But again, like, because like my, my blog posts still have a lot of pictures in it and I don't right. think I can automate that quite yet. Uh, right, right. That's, time, that's again, like the, the, the details, right? But um, one thing that I want to do, I, I took this one class from Sam Parr. I love that course. And I think now it's like a lot more expensive, but it was like just a 10 days to become a better writer. Uh, I think mm. Sam Parr and all the people from my first million, they're like, marketing geniuses like i love their copy like what they do and how like even their podcast but um they had this course it was like an email course and they would Mm -hmm. just send you every day i mean like sam would send you every day uh one piece of copy and you you were supposed Mm -hmm. to handwrite it Mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful course like it's like so simple like why would people even pay for this because like a lot of the information is available online um, but he curates the top 10. He sends you one every day. And I wanted to do something similar for, for notion, like just create one mm. notion. Cause I, I think you yeah. just need to create once and then you will know. Yeah. Right. But it's like, like yeah. just, just make one thing, um, in 10 days. And I wanted to send them like one mini tutorial, right? Like one use case mm. of notion. Um, and I was like looking into ConvertKit that has like automations and, um, but you're saying like this, this email things, you don't need an email provider that has automation. Cause like, that's also a lot, like not cheap hmm. or um, I would, I would get an email provider for that. You can do it uh, yourself. You can build it, but like these automations, like most of the automations from like, or not most, but like, uh, part of them run through my email provider. Um, it's simply easier that way. Uh, and in particular with like a lot of frequent, like paying the email provider for it will be cheaper ultimately than, uh, using the operations in, right, in the right. other system. So it really depends. But for like ConvertKit is an amazing, amazing tool. We work with it at Red Reads, right? Like they build like one of the best platforms for newsletter creators, hands down, but it's really, really expensive. So I right. personally use MailerLite because it's just not like, I have like 15,000 subscribers on my newsletter list, but like it barely makes any money, right? Like the, uh, that it, would not be worth it for me to, I don't know how many, I think I would need to pay several hundred bucks or like more than a hundred for sure per month to keep it running on ConvertKit and MailLite. They are a lot more affordable. They also can't do as much, but you can build easily these sort of automations. So, um, for example, like an email course, that that's absolutely no problem. Like the, um, 
can very, very uh, easily build like an email-based course uh, on MailerLite with even cool features like, you know, like they can click to get the next one immediately and skip the day. So they, if they're very interested and engaged, they can do your whole course in one day instead of having to wait for a week or they can have it trickle out over the week. So, uh, so all of those, so like, you, you know, is that why you chose MailerLite? I wanted to ask about your personal branding as well. Um, I was, you know, like looking at your website and then you're, I think using WordPress. Um, mm -hmm. Is there a reason why you are doing WordPress instead of let's say Squarespace or um, I'm also like looking into websites and that, that's like, I'm like stuck at that decision point. I'm <laughs> like, oh, Squarespace or like WordPress and like, oh, you know, like SEO is better on WordPress. Like all of these things I'm like from my research and before I commit, I'm like stuck there and at that fork. Um, so your, your yeah. decision-making process from like, you know, like newsletter, uh, provider to like website, what, uh, what's your like tech stack for your personal brand? Yes. So before we get to my tech stack, just very quickly, I would say it actually doesn't matter. Just like pick any, like the one that's in front of you and do it because the, yes, some things are better than others and you might be very frustrated with certain features down the line, but you can always change it. Like it might be. A lot of work it might be not a lot of work depending on how much things you put in there already right but um i would say like i'd much rather have to worry about migrating a super successful twenty thousand visitor blog two years down the line have all the headache and all the annoyance uh in you know having to migrate that to a better platform than not having that block two years down the line right like if so if you're uh if you're not starting because you like, there will always be like a tool that is that is better or like less good suited for the thing in the end it, like the only thing that matters is that you that you start right like the, there's a reason Substack is so successful and a lot of like Substack is not a good newsletter platform if you want to do things you can't do automations it's like you really need to hack it if you want to have like a lead magnet system none of that works and people still build like huge newsletter brands on top of Substack because it's uh it's like the last 5%, right? Like maybe 15%, but like the, the other uh, 85%, they matter so much more. So I would say um, pick whatever is in front of you and, and go with it. And if you uh, don't like it in a year, change it on in six months. But my personal tech stack is it's WordPress plus Oxygen for the website. So Oxygen is a website builder, which is like a hybrid between like a, one of these visual plug and play builders and like actually writing code. It's super fast and super lightweight. Um, very good uh, there for speed of the website. Uh, so that's that. And I have MailerLite for email, Notion, of course, for pretty much everything. Um, I have um, Make as my automation tool. And yeah, that's it. Savical is my scheduler. Um, and I have like a bunch of SaaS tools left and right, but that's like the, the main tech stack. And the reason I chose WordPress is because if, if you give me like a range of tools and ask me to pick one, I will pick the one with the highest complexity and highest learning curve every day because it's just like, ooh, I I don't I don't follow my own advisor that, that I like you know just pick any I, I know I want the most customizability I want the most advanced thing I don't mind like dumping you know like a few hundred hours of of work and learning into it um, if that makes it better in the end I don't think it really does right like <laughs> but uh, that's that's how I usually make a decision so whatever is the most complex one that's the one I choose I make the decision quickly but <laughs> uh, yeah that's like so funny Mattia you're you're funny. Um... I was just, just, you know, like taking, taking notes and I, I love what you said, how it doesn't matter. And it's almost like, I know it doesn't matter, but you know, like, I know it doesn't matter, but, but you know, like, it's like, um, yeah, just like, I, 
I'm trying to live that. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Just do it. And the same thing goes with niche, right? Like where people, I don't know. I feel like three years ago before like pre-pandemic, it was all about like pick a niche and then go deeper and blah, 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 blah. And I think I've been spending like two years. Like, what's my niche? Is this? Maybe it's this. Oh, maybe it's that. (laughs) Um, And now like I'm really realizing it really does not matter. Just whatever you pick, just keep doing that thing that was maybe like not even remotely close to being your niche, but just doing it will be, will make it become a niche kind of. Um, yeah. And I think you, you've had a very interesting career, right? Like you, I, when I met you, you were like pre taking your, like, I don't know, European bar exam. Um, you were still kind of like, you know, like about to graduate, like studying and lots of like schoolwork. Um, you made a, a big transition and I wanted to hear about, yeah, like making that decision, like how is it going now? And um, I think it's it's a good, I think, segue to to go into like your your pre creator life. Yes, ooh, that feels both so far and so so close. Um, so yeah, uh, I am a lawyer officially. Although I gave back my my license, so I can't practice as a lawyer. I can call myself, but I'm a an, an trained lawyer. In theory, I could start practicing as a lawyer tomorrow if I reapplied for for the certification. Uh, but yeah, I did my my bar exams uh, and the uh, last bar exam. So in Germany, you do you do two. You do the first one, then you have practical training, and then the second one. And already f- after the first one, I felt like ah, something. I don't think this is actually what I want to do. I, like my 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 whole academic life for for more than eight years, everything uh, was like directed uh, just at at that. So all my internships, all my my work practice, right? It was always like just law and different flavors, which looking back was a was a big mistake. Um, but in a moment, like, you know, you felt you tried different things, but in reality, it was just like different ways of the, the same. Um, but yeah, I, I slowly started to realize this is maybe not what I want to do, but I, as I had like literally no work experience outside of law, it was very hard to, to accurately like judge, do I just not like work, right? I mean, you see most adults that you, that you see growing up, they don't like jump around super excited about going to work. So maybe this is just, you know, like what adult life feels like, uh, or is it actually that this is, you know, I don't like law or like uh, the, the daily life of being a lawyer. So I played around with a few things I really wanted and I still on my bucket list to do in the next five years to go to a restaurant and work in a restaurant for like a, a few months to do something completely different, uh, you know, trying to, to work with the hands instead of the brain and having like, a, yeah, just a very, very different uh, uh, approach to, to work um, to yeah, just test this theory. Okay. Is it a type of work or is it work in general? And then I just very randomly, uh, fell down this whole productivity rabbit hole. It actually started with Ali Abdal and iPad. Um, I was grading papers, uh, but digitally. Um, so I was looking at, you know, like how to grade stuff on my iPad. And then uh, just from there, that was the rabbit hole that started it all. And I randomly met Key and I found Notion. And um, at some point, uh, I just started getting paid for something that I would pay to do, right? Like all these these Notion things, the automation stuff, all, 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 all these sort of things. Uh, I absolutely love that. It's so much fun. I would, again, it would be a hobby, right? I would pay someone to let me do that. And all of a sudden people started me paying. And that's when like the, the flip switched and was like, huh. So I can get paid for something that is so much fun. So not all work has to, to look like this. Um, and then the seed was planted and I wasn't brave enough at the point to say like, okay, uh, <laughs> screw law. I, I don't do this. I was sure that I would like do my, my second state exam and get a full qualification. And even after that, after I got it, 
uh, I pretty much knew uh, in my heart that I wanted to like pursue whatever this is, uh, like try out and see where it leads me. But I still uh, thought, okay, I'll first work as a lawyer, you know, like I'll, I'll collect some experience, like maybe one or two years, two years, I think is a good time. And like after two years, I'll, I'll make a cut and then I reassess and then I see what I do, but then I have work experience and, you know, I can say I did it. And then out of two years, it became one year and then I started working and then it was like, okay, maybe like eight months uh, until I make a decision. And then like after three months, it was just like, no, I, I, I can't do it. I really underestimated like the, the level of mental uh, yeah, gymnastics I, I had to do uh, between the two things. And uh, then yeah, after four, four months, uh, I quit. And that was last year, April. And ever since I get to do this and it's, uh, I still can't believe that this is my, my, my job as you, in the very beginning, right? Uh, very hard to introduce myself. Uh, don't know exactly how to describe, but it's just a lot of fun. That's, um, that's so cool, Matthias, that you are, um, I don't know. I, I'm curious, like, you know, like just, just like, I don't know if my, my son came to me, okay, mom, you know, like I, I thank you for supporting me in my law degree. <laughs> I'm quitting law and I'm just gonna, you know, just do all these other things. What did your family say about you leaving law? Mm, they were not happy, uh, which I, I can't blame them for. Um, for one, uh, when like I was going through that, I, it was like, like I, I knew internally like uh, what I was leaning to, but I was not like, I, I had mentioned uh, to my family right that I wasn't sure whether law is really the thing, but I hadn't like given them like the full overview of my, uh, you know, where I was standing internally. So like the that I like to actually quit after four year, uh, four months only. That was like then, then fairly abrupt. Um, so like in my mind again, like I was aiming for two years, but uh, yeah. Um, so that was a bit abrupt. And then the other thing is like that the this thing that we get to do now on, on the internet right that's like a very very new thing and it's very different than traditional career paths uh so uh yeah i mean it i i get that it's like a not like the you know the a career path that you can like imagine like a, it's like very hard to explain to like also tell them what i do every day it's already hard to explain it to you and you, you'd know right like you, you do something like this yourself so uh explaining to someone who doesn't have like the most experience with like how this sort of creator economy works or like the sort of opportunities that you get here um yeah that's that's not so easy so like they're they're all on board now and like they were also very supportive around it but they they were not happy about it but uh, i was just happy that they accepted it that was the the more important part awesome the no i i think it's it's a like you said it's a very uh we're like right in the transition period where you know like two years from now, it's going to become like a job title that combines all of mm. these complicated, like little mix of things. Um, but right now I think it's, it's a kind of like a new job description, right? I'm when I'm hiring, I don't know, for an assistant or something like somebody who knows how to do this and that, and this and that. And like the list goes long. Like, you know, do you know how to use Canva, like Figma, like there are all these different tools and um, I'm not looking for a design major, right? It's just like you just have yeah. that that little something um, that I call taste or like this mm. sense yeah. of judgment mixed mm -hmm. with taste. And yeah, um, yeah that, that's like you just kind of like need to nurture that, right? And to me, like you're one of those people also that, that kind of have that, like – when you are building a notion space, right? Like it just looks thoughtful. Like it, it, like I trust the decision making that was put in 
uh, if I know Matthias made this, you know, website or Notion page, right? You're thinking that in terms of happy to hear. <laughs> no, it makes me think in terms of like simulation and um, and I do think that like some of that must come from your academic background. So I like, I mean, all of this to say nothing goes to waste. And I think um, you are one of the few lawyers I know, or like you know, law trained. Uh, creators that I know. And do you notice like anything different about you? Like only you notice or only you are good at or like you're different? Or maybe people have I told you. <laughs> yeah, I think I noticed the, the wrong things. Uh, but like, first off, I, I mean, also to, to clarify, I really loved studying law. Like studying law is so much fun. Uh, you like all this logic, uh, the thing like the, the people, like it was so much fun. I just kept realizing that, um, the actual work as a lawyer was probably not something I enjoy because it turns out you get as a lawyer, you get usually paid in particular at the beginning of your career to get things from 80% to hundred percent. Like later down in your career, you, you can, you get to a point where you can be like the person, you know, who does the big lines and he has the creative and innovative ideas, but you probably spend the first years of your career in particular, if you want to play champions league and like the, the big law firms, um, getting things from 80 to hundred percent. And so, yeah, like, do you want to work seven to 10 years to get to a point that you might be enjoy? So that was just like the thought process there, but I enjoyed, I loved studying law in terms of like, yeah, it, that's certainly also like a help because you just need to learn so much. Like it's just a very analytical approach to things, right? Like a very logical uh, approach to things that certainly also like help picking up like programming. I think programming and law is like, they're very similar, like ways of thinking about the world wow. um, in there. Uh, so that's very helpful. Um, in terms of the noticing thing, I think it's more like a disadvantage because, uh, to be honest, I would say 85%, if not more of creators are definitely not compliant with the law. They're like, so <laughs> it's like very hard to beat it. Right. It's like, that's like no, no shade, right? Like it's just like, there's so many regulations. And if you work like globally in theory, you would need to like comply with so many things all around the world. Just like take the, the gum road thing, right. When they stopped, I wrote like a long thread on like why everyone is like missing the mark on, on this whole Gumroad discussion. It's not about like what, how many fees they take or like another platform. You can't just go to Stripe instead because you need to pay VAT uh, in Europe and in a lot of other countries. It uh, doesn't matter where you're based and Stripe doesn't do that for you. So unless you want to like, you know, either like not pay VAT and like break the law or like hire like a tax consultant, you need another tool that is a merchant of records who pays VAT on your behalf. So that's the, the actual thing that Gumroad is really good for. So it's like these things are like, if you look at the GDPR, right. And like double opt-in, like sure your newsletter grows a lot faster if you don't have double opt-in, but if you don't have double opt-in, you are probably in violation of the GDPR. And even if you're in the U S like if you have people in Europe signing up for it, you need to comply with the GDPR. So it's like these things, right? Like no one will come probably and enforce that. It's like not an issue that like, it shouldn't stop anyone from doing it because the same goes for startups. Right. If you look at startups, uh, I worked with law firms that were like, um, advising startups in particular in the funding rounds. And like a very common thing is that when you do the due diligence, it's not about like figuring out that they do things right. You expect that like in a startup, most things are not done right. They, they're not compliant with most things because it does, doesn't have the resources. Like companies pour like huge amount of money into being compliant. So it's more like, you know, are there any huge red flags and are there any things that we can't fix down the line? That's what you look at with due diligence and similar with being creative, right? Like in the beginning, a lot less things matter than when you like at a Thomas Frank level where you need to be a lot more compliant and careful and making sure that everything is right. But yeah, I think that's the things that I usually notice. So that's not the best because you just no, like know the that, things that are going wrong. That's true. Like I, 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 
I do think that law, like I've seen a couple of doctors do, you know, like YouTube and maybe like, I haven't seen a lot of lawyers because maybe that's not my, what like YouTube algorithm thinks that I'll be interested in. But, um, I think the, the law space to me is a huge market for chat GPT automations of like creating, mm-hmm. um, you know, creating micro sort of chatbots, you know, that gathers all the intelligence from that agency or like that law firm. Um, so like, I, you know, it might some, someday come for full circle for you, Matt, Matias, like where you might find a solution that, you know, these are people who are counting every second, every second is a payable time. So if you're saving them time, uh, probably in that space, time equals money. And so it's, I think it's a, it's a very good opportunity for, for you down the line to look into and, um, looking into the future, like what, what is like, what are you most excited about these days? Like, what are you, um, who are people that you look up to in terms of like inspiration or, oh, you know, like so-and-so is doing X, you know, like I want to, I want to check that out. Um, who are these people for you? Oh, I'm very, very bad with names. So uh, I, ca- I will like, most, I, I'll have to send you the links later for the show notes of the, the people. But uh, there's one dude who like, just like does amazing, amazing stuff on AI. He's super cool. He's a, uh, I think his name is Yohai. Uh, he's a, a VC founder by nature, but he's like a no coder on the side. And he um, more or less like accidentally built like this baby AGI thing. I'm not sure whether you saw it, but it's like this like uh, autonomous agents where you just like, uh, put like two ChatGPT models together and they just keep talking to each other. So they keep giving themselves the task. So you just like give them an initial prompt and they figure out a task and solve them themselves. So they're still fairly buggy, but they're like super, super cool to see in action. And he just overnight blew up. And now he, uh, I think he still does his VC fund, but he also uh, like works actively in like a open source project, which I think is just like super, super cool. So he's definitely someone I, I look up to. There's uh, also this, uh, uh, Steph Smith, I think is her name. She's yeah, absolutely amazing. I love her. I have the recommendation about the web development course. And I think like she just has such a cool, cool career. This is like, if I look at her portfolio of things that she does, this is like, uh, this is like what I want to do, right? You know, like build like something, do something else, like have these phases where you, you know, work for someone or you work for yourself. I think just like a really, really cool thing. Along a similar line, I think Natalie's, and I don't agree with all of his like uh, thoughts always, but I'm always curious to hear what he has to say because I think it's always very interesting. And also for him, like the, the similar to Ali Abdal, I think they both of them managed to build businesses around what they're interested in instead of a niche. And I think that's like very powerful because it allows you to, to do what you care about. And it's, it's less effective, right? Like the, to go like back to our niching. I think like niching is like an amazing strategy. And if you have a niche, like that makes growing so much easier, but, um, you also need to do that niche forever or like at least for a long time. Right. So, um, the, I think both of them did a very good job at allowing themselves to do what they care about, right? Like Nat, I mean, he started with like blog and content marketing and then it was like knowledge management for a while and was crypto for a while. Now he's writing a book and he does, does like, it's huge on book talk and book Instagram. So, uh, yeah, I think all these, these things are like very cool combinations of like a portfolio career that doesn't confide to one path. Awesome. Um, that is, that's great. And, and Matt, like the, um, anything like for, if people want to reach out to you or get to know what you're doing, uh, or even like, you know, hire you to be their automation <laughs> consultant, like where, uh, where should they go? 
Yes, I, I'm on most platforms, I think. Uh, so like uh, the easiest is just MatthiasFrank.de. That's that's my website or MatthiasFrank.de slash YouTube for, for my YouTube channel that takes a lot of my energy right now. Otherwise, uh, I'm very active on Twitter with like a complicated name that is like hard to pronounce. So I think I put it best in the show. It's just German way to to say it. I'm freihändig and same on, on LinkedIn. So a LinkedIn message or like a Twitter DM, like I read all my, my messages or like just shoot me an email at like hello at MatthiasFrank.de. Again, also read and respond to everything. So, yeah, lots of places and always excited to hear from people. I have a question that I forgot and I had on my, on my notes. Um, I did want to ask you about uh, your YouTube work. Just a couple yes. more minutes if you have time. Is it yeah, okay? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Matthias, I, I know you've been doing like YouTube and like it looks pretty like it has a good finish. Like, are you doing this all by yourself? Like, what's your YouTube workflow? Yes. So um, until la the last video, I've hi just hired an editor. So now I, I have actually someone to help me with. But until then, it was all all by myself. Although I must say, now that I've like got the samples from the, the editors back, like there's a, I'm very happy that you said it looked polished because based on what I saw them from them, I don't think it looked very polished. But uh, yeah, uh, now I, I hired someone. But until then, I was doing everything everything on my own. Uh, and what's your workflow today with? you know, getting help, like you are scripting, you prepare like the, the notion page, like, uh, what do you like, what are the steps or like in your checklist for YouTube or I don't know what, how are you managing the YouTube project with your notion databases? Yes. So, um, in general, like for all like this, this content stuff, I like to think about like the, the, the MVC, right. So the minimal viable content, uh, basically, what is something that I know I can put out reliably for the next six months with my schedule? Like no matter what happens, uh, if I fall sick for like three, four days or like something huge comes up, I know like I, what, what can I reliably do? And the thing that I landed on is that every two weeks I can write a newsletter, I can write a blog post, and now I can film a YouTube video. Um, and for the most part, uh, like for the first one and a half years, it was just newsletter and blog post. But that work got so streamlined and so more efficient that now I can do the YouTube video on top. And now the whole content flavor for me is actually YouTube first. So even though it's my smallest channel with three and a half thousand people, um, the way I think now about things is like, okay, what is the next YouTube video? Um, and then thanks to <laughs> the part-time YouTuber Academy, I, of course, do first my title, uh, thumbnail and hook and work on like the concept there. And uh, the thing is like, most of them are like about like Notion and Notion workarounds, right? So the one thing is like the that part, and then it's just about like packaging it in the, the several formats, right? So like once the video is, is scripted and like, for example, like the automation I did last time, right? It's a series shortcut. You can dictate uh, your note. Uh, OpenAI will summarize your note and automatically tag it based on the tags that you have in your knowledge management, right? So if you have in your second brain, like, 10 tags it will automatically identify which is the one the best one for this note so you don't have to do the tagging yourself anymore um once that is built right like filming the video it, that's just like one step and then uh, just like writing that tutorial down is the, the next step and but it's uh, the same thing just differently wrapped right so it's all of this like youtube first okay what's the video what's the the thing about and just uh producing the two pieces of major content and then writing the newsletter Awesome. This is like, it's like so helpful how you break things down and like, I mean, you just make everything sound so easy. Um, and he has like, we're, we're going to try. And then, uh, <laughs> I, uh, thank you so much for, for coming Matthias and all the best with all your projects, the three buckets that you're working on and, yes. uh, happy productivity day. 
Yes, a happy productivity day to everyone. And thank you so much for having me. Okay, so that concludes the, um, the, the episode. And uh, thank you.